Amen. Lord, you have been so, so good to each and every one of us in this room, each and every one of us online. I hope they all recognize it. We'd hate to see, I don't know what that song, Lord, the lyrics. Lord, I'd hate to know where I would be if it wasn't for you who took my disastrous life and turned it into blessing. Where would we be without you? Father, where would all the people through the generations that passed be without you? And Father, there's a generation coming, maybe many more before you return. And Lord, I'd hate to think where they might be. So I pray, Lord God, that your saints get out there and preach the gospel. I pray, Lord God, that the people that listen to the gospel, Lord, would open their ears, open their hearts, and hear what the Holy Spirit has to say to them. Because before we met you, we were headed for darkness, and now we're headed for the kingdom of light. And we thank you, Lord. You have been so, so good to us because we didn't deserve a single thing you've done for us. But you demonstrated your love towards us. That while we were still dead in our sins, enemies with you, you came, you died, you were buried, and you are risen three days later because death had no dominion over a sinless God. We love you, Lord, today. Let our love be shown, Father, to those over the internet, to those here at this body of Christ right here, Lord. And may you be glorified in it all, Father. Father, we repent of our sins. It's one thing we do here at this church, Lord, is we know that we're all sinners. We try our very, very best some of us, most of us, but Lord, we still fall short. And oh, oh, how we thank you for your grace and your mercy that washes us whiter than snow and gives us eternal life with you and your kingdom. Not because of what we had done or what we have done or what we will do, but because of what you did 2,000 years ago on that cross. We praise your holy name, Lord Jesus. We praise you, Holy Spirit, for revealing Christ to us. And we praise you, Father, for administrating the whole plan and reaching down through generations and saving souls that weren't worthy or be to be saved because of your great love towards us. May the world know that you loved us so much that you gave your Son and may they receive that gift and open you up and dive wholeheartedly into your word and into you and into the life and the spirit of you, the living God. Father, we pray in Jesus' name. And while I'm at it, Lord, I want to remind those enemies of God, the devils, that they're not welcome in this place. We have authority over them. Jesus gave us authority. We tread on them, they don't tread on us. We rebuke them, they don't rebuke us. We tell them to go to the pit, and they must go in the name of Jesus Christ. So, Father, any devil that's harassing anybody here today, 
or keeping anybody from coming in the back door or turning on the internet and tuning to this station. Lord, we rebuke them and send them to the pit by the authority we have in Jesus Christ. To you be the glory, Lord. Thank you that our names are written in a book of life. In Jesus' name, Father. Amen. Amen. God bless you, church. You may be seated. Before we get started today, I mentioned to those online, uh, again, that just tuned in. This is Freedom Church at the Palm Beaches. I'm Pastor Joe Trapani. We're in, in South Florida, Palm Beach. You know, our website is Freedom Church PB, stands for Palm Beach.org. Freedom Church PB.org. Check us out. You can listen to messages from years back. You can donate. You can do whatever you want uh, online. Um, so um, stay tuned at 10 o'clock every Sunday and Thursday nights at 7.15. So um, before we get started today, you know what? I'm, th I'm in 1 Corinthians 13. We're going to do the 23 verses if we get to them today. And that's okay. If we don't, we have a good stopping point, you know, in this chapter. But I named this Not Home Yet. Not Home Yet. And doesn't seem to even fit this chapter, but as you see, God, I think, believe, is going to develop it. And since, since uh, you know, I got a call from Brett yesterday, you know, and, um, and uh, he said he has a couple missionaries that went on that Africa trip. You know, it was over 100 missionaries and several different teams, and uh, they led hundreds of thousands of people to the Lord. We have a couple of them here today. Uh, they're from who knows what part of the world. <laughs> but but we're going to find out. They're going to give a little testimony of what, you know, what ha what they want to say. You know, I'm sure it'll bring glory to God. I was watching them worship back there, and I'll tell you what, they should have been up front so everybody could see them and uh, join in. So um, I'd like to ask Brett up if he could, and he'll come up and introduce them because I really don't know their names. But, hey, we have a common bond, a common goal, and that's Jesus Christ. Testing, one, two. Thank you, Pastor Joe. Good morning, Freedom Church. God bless you this morning. In the name of the Lord Jesus, everyone watching online, I saw the, um, you know, I saw the map. We have a lot of people watching online all over America. And uh, I'm just here this morning. You guys know me already. Here's my little son, Johan, with me. But I got two special uh, guests here. These were two of my uh, brothers in Christ. My friend Ryan. I want to introduce Ryan from Australia. If you guys could just welcome him in the name of Jesus. These fiery evangelists from God sent them from all over the world. This guy's all the way from Australia. And this is Brother Charles. He's actually from Florida, up north. What, what city again? Melbourne, Florida. And uh, yeah, welcome him too. So these guys are just thoroughbred evangelists. They've been called by God, you know, the fivefold ministry. We have some, by the grace of God, that were called apostles, some prophets. And then we have pastors and teachers, like Pastor Joe, an amazing pastor and teacher in the Lord and father in our faith. And then we have evangelists. 
And, uh, you know, when the Lord raises up an evangelist, it's a mighty thing, you know. And they were a part of my team in Africa, in Dodoma. You guys already heard that, uh, those testimonies a couple weeks ago. I shared with you guys. If you weren't watching that online, it was incredible. You can go back to two weeks ago from today. It was just an incredible testimony uh, from the Lord that I shared. And we had all the photos of the people, the Muslims that were getting saved, the people that were getting healed and delivered. And But I just want to give the mic here. I don't want to take too much time. I'm going to give the mic to Ryan and uh, Charles. And they're just going to give you guys an encouraging word briefly and a, a word from the Lord today. Amen. Amen. Thank you, everyone who's here today and who's, who's watching online. I just want to really encourage you just with a, just how faithful you've been. I could feel the presence of the Lord even in the car park as I was coming in today. And when the, you guys were leading worship and your hearts just crying out for the Lord, it really, really impacted me. And it doesn't matter like where you are in the world, whether it's here in Palm Beach or in the fields of Africa or where I am from in Australia, but the Lord is the same wherever you go. And it's the simple proclamation of the gospel that sees signs, wonders, and miracles break forth and break out. And so I just want to tell you just a little bit of my story. You see, my story, I grew up in a small little Baptist church. I grew up with my parents planting this church where I lived. But I grew up in this place that was, I would describe it as a dry place. I was exposed a lot to the Bible and I could quote scripture and it was beaten into me. But all through my schooling and all through my, my teenage years, I was bullied and I was harassed and I was tormented by a whole bunch of people and my self-worth was stripped away. And I had nothing and I was left with suicide and depression. And you see, this place that I found myself in of absolute brokenness drove me closer to God. In those moments where I tried to actually take my life, I was supernaturally saved. And I was reserved for a time that I did not know that was coming. For a time such as this. You see, it was in these places where I was refined and I was called out. And when I was finally set on fire for God, my whole life made a complete 180. I went from being in the deepest, darkest moment of depression where my, my entire life to the outside world would have appeared like it had just fallen apart. You see, I was married and my wife had been cheating on me. And she had finally hit me with the divorce papers. And this was all just last year. I was homeless. I didn't have anything. But the Lord redeemed me from that place as I was transformed over the, the last several years to then be standing before you today and to see all the crazy miracles that have happened in Africa. You see, the Lord provides for you. And let me tell you, the, the word that you aren't home yet is just such an accurate word. You see, I was called pretty much now into being homeless. My life is that to travel. It's that to go from place to place and to spread the word of God. 
As it says in Matthew 10, to, to go into each city and inquire to where to live, where to stay, and to stay at that place and bring a, a blessing of peace. And I really feel like this morning, this house is a house of peace. And so I just want to pray with you and bless you this morning and just encourage you, no matter where you're at, you can seek the Lord your God. And He will come and touch your lives and transform you from whether it's from homelessness, whether it's from financial debt, whether it's from broken marriages, whether it's from healing in your body that needs to take place yet. If you're sick with cancer, if you're sick with, with poor eyes or lack of hearing, like we have seen miracle after miracle. And so I'm just going to pray with you guys for a second and then I'll hand my, the microphone over to my brother Charles. So, dear Lord Jesus, thank you for these amazing people. Lord, I just pray that you just move in their presence and that you give them a fresh touch of your glory today. Lord, I thank you for your Holy Spirit, a promise from heaven, a promise that you made to us, Jesus, that you sent your Holy Spirit to come and live amongst us, to dwell amongst us and give us that fresh fire, Lord that we would have the power to move forward with life. Lord, that no matter what pain, no matter what struggle would come against us, that we would be completely redeemed and have peace in the moment and joy in the midst of that morning. Lord, I thank you that you are transforming the hearts and minds of all those that are listening to this right now, Lord, that you are meeting them right where they are at. I thank you for... Right in this very moment, cancer being healed in Jesus' name. That deaf ears be open in Jesus' name. That blind eyes are coming back into clear vision right now in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for your son who came and lived a perfect life, who came and walked the path to the cross, who was tortured and beaten beyond all belief. Lord, that he was made unrecognizable to man, that we would become recognizable to you, Lord. And I thank you that that was not the end of the story. That it was three days later he rose from the grave. That he conquered death so that you would not have to live with sin, shame, and condemnation. And I thank you that your son has given us this free gift of life. I thank you that we can be embraced by you, our Father. Lord, and I thank you for these amazing people, these faithful people who have cried out for so long for more of your presence. Lord, pour yourself out upon them now. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. I just first want to thank Jesus, you know, for this opportunity. And I just want to honor the pastor, Pastor Joe, and... I just want to honor this house right now that God is in this place and he's very present. Oh, thank you, Jesus. And I just want to speak a couple testimonies that happened in Tanzania, Africa. And how much of you know that God loves the one? Even though we saw thousands of saved and healed and delivered and freed, God loves the one. Yes, he leaves the 99 and he goes after the one that has gone astray. And when one sinner repents, God and all of heaven rejoices. How much of you have believed that? Hallelujah. So I'm going to share about Muslims that God brought to the Lord. There was one Muslim in the hotel that we were staying in. And 
He was someone that was very devoted to his religion. And he prayed so much in the mosque, he had a mark on his forehead. He was born into his religion. And we began to minister to him at the hotel. And I came in one day filled with the Holy Ghost. And I came in with testimonies on my phone that God used me to record and to bring back there. And I began to show him. And I didn't even know he was a fully devout Muslim. And I began to show him about this lady named Kindness. She said that she heard the word of God be preached. And immediately her pain left her. She had bone marrow lost in her arm and it all grew back. And, and all the severe pain left her. And I began to show him these testimonies and we began to minister to him. And I didn't know that he was a devout Muslim after a little bit after that night when I heard from other the boot camp students that we were there in Africa with. And we began to minister to him and he began to, he got a little angry and he said that, how would you like if someone told you to change your religion? And then one of the sisters in Christ said, Ask, go home and ask who Jesus really is, then come back and tell us, are you ready to serve Christ? He came back the very next day and he said, I want this Jesus in my heart. And, and thank God for mercy because the Bible says now is the day of salvation. But God knew that God would have mercy on him to wait for tomorrow. But sometimes tomorrow isn't promised. So if there's anybody online, tomorrow is not promised. If there's anybody in this house, tomorrow is not promised. Now is the acceptable time. Now is the day. And I want to share about another man. We were going to an island just to rest, you know, and it was so powerful. And this was our last day on the mission trip in Tanzania. And we began to minister to this man. And he was a fully devout Muslim as well. And... We began to talk to him about Jesus, and he told us how he was a Muslim, but God continued that we persist and keep talking to him, and we kept talking to him, and we kept speaking to him, and he actually ended up receiving Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. We let him know that he has to repent. We let him know that the remission of sins is in the name of Jesus by the blood that was shed on the cross, that Jesus is the only way, truth, and the life, and the only way to the Father. We let him know the whole gospel, the whole counsel of God. And he began to receive it. And then we prayed that he would receive the power of the Holy Spirit. And then I said, are you now ready to be baptized? And he ended up getting baptized as well. And gave his whole life to Jesus. And we have now that you are saved booklets where they write their name and their number. So we don't just leave them there. We actually lead them now to a church anywhere that's local in the place. Because we are with a ministry called Christ for All Nations. And, and they love to actually, you know, do the follow-up. So we got to do the follow-up as well. Praise God. But I just wanted to share those testimonies that God loves the one. Because before 1,000, 1,000, all these thousands of souls that got saved, God loves the one. And if there's anybody that's the one, I tell you, Jesus Christ loves you. And he died on the cross and God rose him from the grave to justify us of all of our sins that we would be called sons and daughters of God. I am a former drug addict, drug dealer. I had murder on my mind. I've been out of prison now for almost four years. 
It doesn't matter how young we are or how old we are. God took me to the mission field. From the prison field to the mission field. And God done it for me. He can do it for anybody. And I always remember about Moses. 120 years old, he died in his youth. God shows no favoritism. He can use anybody whom he pleases. And I just praise God. Thank you again for this opportunity. I praise Jesus. I bless this house. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I just pray that you would bless this place and everybody in here and online with the power of your Holy Spirit to be witnesses for Jesus, that we would honor you, that we would glorify you, that we would lift you up, that we would speak about your death, burial, and resurrection, the gospel is the power of you, God, unto salvation. We thank you for your salvation that never ends. We thank you, everlasting Father, mighty God, Prince of Peace, wonderful counselor. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Wow. The gospel, I mean, God has people going everywhere, right? You're our first Australian, though. <laughs> uh, wow, praise God. So when one of you left your glasses up here. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I was discipled in a Christian and Missionary Alliance Church in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, where I was an elder back when in the 80s, and uh, I love missionaries. <laughs> but this message, you know, I named this before Brett called me. I'm not home yet. You're going to see why. And God, I know, is going to encourage not only you, but everybody else in, in this room and over the air. Um, because I'm sitting there thinking, why does God want me in First Corinthians chapter 3? You know, it's a, it's a it's a chapter that can bring conviction on people, and you're going to see that as we go along. But when I got to the one spot and, you know, something hit me, and I went on the Internet and, and checked a few things out, and I, I, just, I just know that's the message for this. So even if it turns out terrible to you guys, God can still use it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Because I'll tell you what, he didn't pick an intellectual like uh, to me because I was intellectual. My, my worst subject in high school was literature. I never read a single book till I read the Bible. You know, I went through uh, book reports in, in school by, by talking to people or getting that little shorthand book, you know. Never read a single book. But the Bible was the first book I read, and, and I'll tell you what, thank God. Um. So let's pray real quick, and we'll get into the Word of God. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we come before you. Lord, we ask that your Holy Spirit would speak to each and every one of us, whether we're in this room, whether we're online, whether they listen to the tape or the CD or whatever it is online down the road, Lord. Father God, your Word is anointed. You know, we don't even have to be here. You're still anointing the words of, of uh, all the men, um, pastors that went before like Billy Graham, still using them, Father, still using people. Chuck Smith, Lord, still using because they preach the word of God. So, now, Father, to you be the glory. In Jesus' name, speak to us all and let us hear what you have to say and let us obey and apply. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
1 Corinthians chapter 12, or 3. There are uh, 23 verses in this chapter. I'm going to read down to the ninth verse. I'm going to read from the New American Standard. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual men, but as to men of flesh, as to infants in Christ. I gave you milk to drink, not solid food, for you were not able yet to receive it. Indeed, even now you are not yet able. For you are still fleshly, for since there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not fleshly? And are you not walking like mere men? For when one says, I am of Paul, and another says, I am of Apollos, are you not mere men? What then is Apollos? And what is Paul? Servants through whom you believed, even as the Lord gave opportunity to each one. I planted, Apollos watered, but God was causing the growth. So then, neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything but God who causes the growth. Now, he who plants and he who waters are one, but each will develop his own reward according to his own labor. That's the first nine. First one, and I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual men, but as to men of flesh, infants in Christ. This message to Paul, from Paul's writing to the Corinthian church, is a message to believers, but they're carnal. They're carnal. The Greek word for carnal is sarkinos, which means fleshly. Kind of clarifies that a lot more. Fleshly, all you think about is your flesh. You're carnal. They were believers, they were saved, they're going to heaven, but they're carnal. You know what? Carnality will keep you back from serving the Lord. It'll just be about you and nobody else. These, these men also and women were not behaving like spiritual people. They were immature. My question to us today on, online and in here, listen, are you immature? And in your faith, has there been growth, very little, and your, your growth is stunted? Are you a baby in Christ? Are you, there's no studying of the Bible. There's no reading the Bible. There's no meditating on the Word of God. There's no obedience to the Word of God. There's no trust. There's no seeking after Him. There's no abiding in Him, that's for sure. When I get to the Psalm 91, when I always introduce, talk about the COVID-19, I sit there and I go, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High shall abide in the shadow of the Almighty. If you don't dwell in the shadow, in the, in the Most High, if you don't dwell in His shadow, then, then you can't really claim that verse. You're just an occasional visitor, not someone who abides not somebody who dwells in the shadow of the Lord, and He can protect you there. If you're an immature Christian, are you still going, you know, cooing for your parents? Are you still talking to Dad, saying, Dad, 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 you're 25 years old in the Lord, you're still sucking on a binky? Come on, church. we got to wake up. Paul's talking to born-again believers here. They're acting according to the flesh. That's what they're doing. Listen, if my 40-some-year-old daughter 
I would go over to her house, and she'd be having a baby bottle in her mouth and going, Dada, Dada, I think she's retarded, right? Hate to put it that way, but think about it. You know, I've been saved 44 years next in August. No, July, I'm sorry. 44 years. If I was still going poo-poo, you know, cuckoo and baba, you know, dada and mama, you know, you would think, you, would, you certainly wouldn't be up here. We've got to grow up. That's what Paul's saying. It's a very convicting message to them. They think they're spiritual. Or they have the gift of tongues. You know, they, they prophesy. They interpret. They think they have love. But it's all about them. You're going to see that as we move on. It's not about... Uh, love, it's about men. It's about exalting men and other things. Paul's talking to born-again believers. There's no encouragement in ministry. There's no witnessing for the Lord Jesus Christ. There's very little fellowship. You know, very seldom go to church. Even though the Lord says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. That is a command. You know what? It's not for him. It's for you. You know, in church, I mean, that's great. COVID-19, it was great. Thank God we have Internet. And people can go to church and watch the church service. But you're not getting exhorted and encouraged by the saints. You're getting maybe one-third of what you should have. And therefore, you will not grow materially or spiritually if you're just watching a TV show online. I love Charles Stanley. I love David Jeremiah. I love... uh, Graham, Dr. Graham. But you know what? You know what? I I can learn, but I'm not going to be really encouraged by the saints to say, hey, Joe, uh, nice job. I really appreciate it. Thank you for being here today. You know, encouraging one another. They're not doing it. They're not witnessing. They're really not witnessing. Paul's going back. He was already there. He's going back to check up on this church. He finds out they're still carnal. They are born again. They're headed for heavenly. Heaven, looks like you on an airplane. You aren't traveling first class, kids. You're back in the back, third class and fourth class if they even have any such thing, you know. Romans chapter 7, let me read you a couple verses here. Romans chapter 7, verse 14 and 19. For we know the law is spiritual, but I am of the flesh, sold into bondage of sin. The good that I want to do, I do not do. But I practice the very thing that I do not want. Paul, this is Paul writing this. The Apostle Paul is struggling just like you and I. He's struggling. You know, and he even wrote it to the Galatian church in chapter 5, verse 17. He said, the flesh sets its desire against the spirit. The spirit sets its desire against the flesh. And, And they are in opposition to one another. So that we don't do what we want to do. Because the devil always speaks to me. You know, and I know he speaks to you too. And his offer is a little more tempting. Any of you ever read Pilgrim's Progress by Bunyan? By John Bunyan, I believe his name was. You know, you know he's, he's, walking, um, he's walking along this path. And God says to go this way. But there's thorns and briars. And there's a couple lions up there. And over this side, man, it's a nice clean path. It's paved highway. Probably gold stones in the middle. He says, I ain't going that way. I'm going this way. That's what the devil always does. He says, it's paved with, you know, lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the boastful pride of life is over here. And God says, go there. But there's two lions up there. He says, I ain't going that way. Why would God want me to go that way? 
But, you know, I think uh, Pilgrim decided to go the wrong way and caught on a little bit later as we find out. Paul, this is Paul saying that. So if you're struggling with the flesh, you know, it's, it's, it's just the way things are. Our flesh is evil. The spirit in us is seeking God with our whole hearts. Since, you know, the word of God, you know, says in 1 Thessalonians 5.23, let me, let me turn there. No, May the, let me quote it. May the Lord sanctify you completely. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved complete until the coming of Christ. Okay? Preserved complete. You know, your spirit's safe. You're going to heaven. These, peri- these are carnal Christians. They're saved in the spirit man. They're going to heaven, but they're struggling along the way. They're fighting against the spirit man because the flesh man says go this way, so they're carnal. They're fleshly. They're chasing after the flesh. And this flesh just loves the sin. The heart is deceitful and desperately wicked of men who can even know it. There's three categories of men according to the Scripture. Number one, there's the natural man, the one who doesn't even know God at all, which were, which were some of, well, all of you and myself. The natural man. But the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God, for they're foolishness to them. Neither can they know them, for they're spiritually discerned. They don't have the Spirit, so, so they're natural men. They think it's foolish. Think about yourself. Did you think your parents were foolish when they were raising you up in the Lord? You know, some of you have kids that think you're still foolish because they took off on, on you, on the Lord. That's the supernatural man. They think it's all about this stinking world. Then there's the spiritual man. But he who is, who is spiritual praises all things, yet he himself is appraised by no one. That's the 14th verse of 1 Corinthians 2. But we have the mind of Christ. You know, if you had the mind of Christ, it's completeless. You're being sanctified completely, then you have to be working towards having the mind of Christ. Because our mind certainly isn't like that. I get evil things flying through my mind that, that were from when I was a teenager. And we got to May the Lord completely, may, may sanctify you completely. May your whole spirit, soul, body be preserved complete until the coming of Christ. That means we have work to do. We have work to do. Everybody talks about sanctification. Well, you can divide sanctification into three different categories. Positional, that's you. Because you've accepted Christ, your position is you're a child of God. There's progressive sanctification where you grow in the knowledge of God, where you progress in your walk. That's the, from the year you were born again to the year you go to heaven. That time there is progressional. You should be growing in grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, which is not a, hey, I think you should. It's I command you to grow in the knowledge of God. And then your mind will become more conformed to Christ. And someday our minds will be uh, perfected, I'm sure of it. Now, the third man, of course, is the carnal man. He who knows the things of God, yet in a significant way, he is characterized by his flesh. And that is very common for Christians, unfortunately. I'm saved, but who cares about that guy? 
Who cares about those in Tanzania, Africa? Who cares about those in Jamaica? Who cares about those in, in Puerto Rico? Who cares about those in, in, in Belgium? No, we got to get our eyes set. You know God chose to use men? Why didn't he say, hey, angels, go out and fly around the world and preach the gospel? You know what? He, he works with us. He wants us to work. He churned that chart. Can you imagine the angels in heaven saying, Lord, why did you entrust those 12 men in Jerusalem? Boy, we'd be glad to do this. In 24 hours, the world would be saved. But no, he wants somebody for, for free choice or really wants to go after God. I need everybody online and here today really to evaluate yourself. Which are you, natural, carnal, or spiritual? Which are you? Which would you classify yourself? You know why the, the, uh, the Christians are, are uh, carnal? Well, it's answered in Revelation because you're lukewarm or you're cold. Do you know that a fly can sit on a stove uh, when it's cold, but you fire that stove up, that fly ain't landing on that stove ever because you're fired up for Jesus. You're fired up, and no devil can harass you. He's going to see you're fired up for Jesus, and he's going to take off like the bat out of hell that he is. He's going to see you in a spiritual sense with, with your sword and your shield and your helmet of salvation and your breastplate of righteousness and your shield and your, your, your belt of truth. He's going to see on that belt which held your quiver, it held your, your dagger, it, it held your sword, He's going to see there all the medals that you got from God, all, all the crowns that are going to be on your head someday. You know, that crown, that's jewels in that crown that will be on your head that you're going to cast before, before Jesus anyhow because he's the one that deserves them. But a carnal Christian, he'll be lucky if he even has a crown. Now, I'm not saying work for rewards. I'm saying I want to get all I can do for Jesus so I can throw my crown before him proudly. Get fired up for Jesus. That's why God says, I'd rather you be hot nor cold, because if you're lukewarm, I'll vomit you out of my mouth. You know what? Vomit is forceful. You know, he didn't say, I'll spit you out. He said, I'll vomit you out. In other words, walk in the Spirit, spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. That's just verse, verse 1, church. I gave you milk to drink, verse 2, not solid food, for you were not able to receive it. Indeed, even now, you're not able. Paul gave them the basics when he preached to them. They, taught, they thought they were spiritual, as I said before. They thought they were ready for the deeper things of God. And Paul's saying, you're still a baby. You aren't ready for the milk of the Word yet, let alone steak and potatoes. You weren't ready for solid food, the deeper things of God. Your foundation is solid. It's you that's not. You're a Sunday Christian. There's Christians today. They go, they go to church on Sunday, maybe Easter or Christmas. The rest of the week, they act like heathens. Monday morning, they're just like the other person at their job. They're using the F word. They're cussing. They're swearing. They're calling people names or, or doing whatever. They have hatred for their boss. 
Yeah, they're Sunday Christians. They're, they're during, like during the week. You know, Peter gave us a good example of that in, in the Scriptures. It's Matthew chapter 14. He followed Jesus from a distance. From a distance. So he followed Jesus from a distance into the high priest court where Jesus was going to be condemned. Okay? So problem number one, you follow Jesus from a distance, you're in trouble. He finds out, he sees that, that there's a fire going on over there. So he goes over to warm himself in the fire and intermingles with the, the heathens there that are trying to put Jesus to death. So now he's fellowshipping with them. Not only is he in their courts, now he's fellowshipping with them. So it even goes further. A little maid sees him and says, Sure, you're from Galilee. Your speech gives you away. Uh, surely you're one of his disciples. And he starts to cuss and swear and say, I'm not like him. You know, I'm, I'm not, I don't know him. I don't know him at all. Listen. So see how it's the, the, the degradation of sin? You know, go to the enemy's camp, warm, your, warm yourself at the fire and fellowship with them, and then before you know it, you'll be talking just like them. You'll be walking just like them. You'll be doing exactly the things they do. After work on Friday, you're out at the bar getting drunk. You've got to be careful. We've got to be careful. You've got to get fed. If you're just a Sunday, um, Sunday Christian, you know, the other days of the week, how is one Sunday message that most people can't even take an hour of control you and satisfy you for a whole week? I'll tell you what. When you go home today, try eating your dinner until, and, and don't eat again until next Sunday. You know what? You will begin to get weak in the flesh, which is a good thing if you're fasting. But listen, you will need spiritual food, but you'll eat junk food three times a day. We've got to be careful. That's what's happening to the Corinthians. They're eating junk food. They're satisfied with just uh, the basics. It's okay. No, no, no. When I get to heaven, and I know most of the people in this room, I know you want to grab your crown with all the diamonds and gems in it from your ministry here on earth. And when the 24 elders get down on their knees and they cast their crowns before them, you're going to be taking that crown off and, here, Jesus, it's yours. You did it all. I didn't do a thing. We've got to learn from Peter's experience as he followed Jesus from a distance. Don't follow Jesus from a distance, church. As this world gets worse and worse and worse, and you know what it is, what makes you think you're going to stand tall? Some Christians, they've been born again for 25 years and they haven't even been baptized in the waters of salvation. Come on. You can't obey God in the simple thing, which you certainly know Jesus even commanded. Even Jesus did a demonstration for you so that we could do it. And we would follow him in baptism in water and baptism of repentance, that is. Not the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Verse 3. You are still fleshly, since there is jealousy, strife among you. Are you not fleshly? And are you not walking like mere men? Carnality is manifested, uh, carnality is manifested in, in the three things that I just quoted. Jealousy and strife. We go to another 